Today's guest is Chris Miller, one half of the husband-wife team behind Mill Pet Photography in the UK. He photographs 30 clients a year as his version of semi-retirement, and in today's episode, he shared why it's worth setting up LinkedIn for your pet photography and finding a couple of minutes a day to dedicate to the platform. If what Chris shares intrigued you, he learned to set up and use LinkedIn via the LinkedIn for Photographers PhotobizX course hosted by Andrew Helmich and instructed by Jeff Brown. Andrew looks after our members pretty well, and so I do have an affiliate link in the show notes with a discount for you all should you decide that you want to check out that course. But for now, let's just get straight into this podcast with Chris. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick-arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Pet Photographers Club. As you guys know, I'm your host, Kirsty McConnell, and today... I'm chatting with a long-time listener, fellow pet photographer, Chris Miller. He is coming to us today to chat all things LinkedIn. So without kind of further ado, Chris, I'm going to get you to kind of introduce yourself. Let the listener know where you're based in the world, a bit about your business and how you ended up uh, where your business is today. Thanks, Kirsty. And uh, hello, everybody. Yes, I became a, a pet photographer, in fact, focused as a dog photographer just five years ago now. And we're based in the UK, uh, live very close to Windsor Castle, just six miles south of there, which gives us some great opportunities for, uh, for, for pet photography and dog photography in the area. So yes, I uh, didn't fall into dog photography. Uh, I took a decision five years ago that I wanted to create a retirement business and, and to have something that I could make sure I come out of corporate life and stay busy. And boy, did I pick something that's kept me extremely busy. So yes, I've been a long time listener. I started off by listening, in fact, to the free version uh, of your podcast. And uh, around 2019, I think that was, I started there maybe early 2020, and then have just made sure I could learn as much as possible and went focused 100% into uh, our business, Mule Pet Photography, started doing that uh, as of February last year. Okay, so actually, it's relatively new that you've gone focused on pets. I didn't realize that, Chris, I thought it had been quite a bit longer. So you're really kicking some goals. I want to get into those in just a second. But first of all, there's something that interests me about your business that maybe other pet photographers don't have experience with, or the idea is just completely overwhelming to them. And that's that your business is actually co-ran with uh, Sue, right? That's correct. Okay. Now, is that, Sue is your wife, is that right? She's my wife. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. So you're running this as a partnership then? I mean, whether it's on paper or not, whatever. Break it down for us. Like how are the roles between you and Sue within the business? Yeah, no. So it's a great question. We do get asked it quite a bit. So um, two parts to this. Firstly, for nearly 40 years, I never worked with my wife. Um, and then uh, we <laughs> 
did this uh, as as a as a full time activity together. So yes, she's we're actually a, a, a limited company. The, the company is actually Miller's Image Limited, and that's what the Mill part of Pet Photography stands for. So uh, we we are partners together in the business. Uh, Sue's focus is twofold. One, she chooses the images that I will edit. Um, so as we all know, as, as pet photographers, we take literally hundreds and occasionally maybe even a thousand images on a, on a long shoot. She will pick the images that I will edit. And that is so helpful um, because I would probably edit most of them because <laughs> I just love editing and creating great images. Uh, but she makes sure that we only show a client 20 to 30 images at the end. She picks the ones that are the keepers, which is fantastic. The other thing she does is when we're out on the shoots, uh, she is doing all of the assistant type work. Um, she's sometimes letting the dog uh, free if the dog is uh, is on a run to us. And I have the owner literally standing over me while I'm laying on the floor. Uh, again, uh, the majority of people who are dog photographers on this call know exactly what I mean by that. So she's more than assistant. She has a very active role. And occasionally we'll use some dog uh, noises and dog callers uh, right ac- across the top of the camera as well. Okay, so that makes sense to me. So her role is the assistant on the shoot and dog handler in a way, I guess. Yes. And back in the studio, that's very interesting that you're the photographer, but she's doing the the cull, the, the initial selection, which I'm imagining that uh, the listener, a lot of the listeners are thinking, wow, I, I cannot give up my creative control over that. So how does that work for you as a photographer that you're you're just – are you not that attached to your images or are you too attached? I mean, why is, why is that the role that you chose for Sue? Kirsty, it, it's exactly what you said. I'm too attached to the images. You know, I, I will take, I mean, on average, to be fair, it's normally about six to 700 images I'll get on a 90-minute shoot. And I will get that down to about 60 and I can never get it lower. And as we all know, you cannot show a client 60 images because they'll just go into paralysis around trying to pick those pictures. So we tried that on the first couple of friends and and friendships, and it was just a nightmare. Um, You know, they they were having arguments themselves to try and pick their favorites for an album. But no, we uh, she's very good at, at getting down to that 30. And then I say, but what about this? And what about that? And we might debate a couple, but I never edit more than 30. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So hang on a minute. You just said that 60 is way too many. So what products are you selling uh, to your clients then, Chris? Uh, Sorry. Yes. We don't do digital downloads or digital packs at all. Uh, We give our digitals away for free, but we match them to whatever product they purchase. So we do size match digitals at no cost. Our products, uh, there are are two types. Uh, We do albums, um, both display albums that we use Graphy Studio for, uh, and then we use uh, large wall art, which will be a mixture of acrylics um, and uh, tray framed uh, uh, photos, uh, which we use a, a British company for the print foundry. Okay, okay. So let's say that I come to you, um, I'm your client, and I'm getting a photo shoot of my dog. Afterwards, I decide I want one of those albums and something on the wall. How many images would I end up with then? Uh, in in the album and and the pieces on the wall. Yes, yeah, so the minimum number for the album is twenty one. Uh, it's one as a cover image and then twenty inside. And then if you're going to have one on the wall that's um, different for any reason to what's in the album, most people don't. They tend to take their their favourite from the album. Uh, but you would have twenty one or twenty two digital images uh, size match to uh, to what you purchased. 
Okay, so did you mention before that your or Sue is getting the gallery down to around thirty images? Did you say that's correct? Yes, that's okay, correct. So, so we. Sorry. I'm just going to say we can provide, and many clients do say, "I want all 30, and we'll provide all thirty in an album for them if that's if that's what they they wish with with one cover picture as well. Perfect. Okay, so that makes it really easy for the client to decide, to decide because they don't really have to take any out. It's just which one is going on the wall. But also, that's, I mean, you're shooting well. Then you're delivering a really good gallery if your clients cannot remove one image. I mean, or or they can only move a couple, remove a couple. Um, because I think you know a lot of photographers, even shooting for an album, they overshoot over deliver or a gallery is, is larger myself included probably and then the client we expect that the client is not going to love every single one so two or three or four come out but then there's still enough for an album but you're selling almost every image that you're taking the client is is wanting so imagine your galleries are pretty spot on then Chris. <laughs> no, and, that, and that's true i think you know when we when we tried right at the beginning nearly five years ago by showing uh, 60 or so images, then people would go, how many do you get in the album? And we said uh, 20 with a, with a front cover, uh, 21. And they would go, okay, I need to pick 21. When we show 30, it's you get 21, but you can upgrade it to, to all 30 if you wish. And they tend to go, I love all of them. I can't exclude. I've only got to drop nine. I might as well pay for the extra pages. Okay, so you are selling extra pages. So you're selling in a similar way to wedding photographers in that regard, um, you know, because exactly. there's the base album and then there's an extra. They buy extra spreads, I imagine, right? Exactly, yeah, spreads. So they get they get it's two at a time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Oh, really interesting to hear how uh, somebody else is doing it. And just for the listeners, just a reminder: Chris and Sue are in the UK. So this can work anywhere in the world. I don't want you guys, um, you Brits, saying like, oh, it only works in uh, the US because Chris and Sue are in the UK too, right, Chris? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, it, and and that's all we sell are albums and wall art. We don't do anything else. Okay, okay, nice. Now, the reason I got you on the show was actually not to dive into all that stuff, but I digress because I was excited about it, but to get into LinkedIn now, I would say most of our listeners uh, are probably nodding when I say this next line that what even is LinkedIn? Why would I need it as a pet photographer? That's for maybe headshot photographers, but who uses LinkedIn? Why do I have to be there? Et cetera, et cetera. So instead of me telling the listener the answer to those things where I'm just starting to fumble my way through LinkedIn, I want you to kind of give a bit of an overview, Chris, for your journey in using LinkedIn for pet photography but let's start at the end like today um can we do a bit of a breakdown where or how um how linkedin is impacting your business today yeah absolutely so um today uh currently got around five thousand followers um against uh, me chris miller which is the dog lovers photographer if people want to look that up on linkedin in terms of what does it mean We've got access to so many high net worth individuals. Uh, you know, the average salary for someone on LinkedIn is eighty five thousand US dollars, and the majority of people that we reach through Instagram and Facebook are nowhere near those kinds of packages or, or salaries. So we're actually able to target and reach a very, very strong community of people who will 
uh, pay for services where they value them. So what we're actually seeing, and, and I very, very live, literally overnight, I've had an inquiry from someone who I've had as a connection for a little while now, has never put a like or comment or anything against any of my posts, but just overnight has said, could I have uh, 20 of your uh, images that I want to put uh, in our reception, please. Uh, and and I'll put that together as a, as a marketing pack for them. And a completely unsolicited request coming through LinkedIn because of both the presence that's there, but also the consistency in posting and the kinds of things we put out. So that's, that's a very live example, Kirsty, that came in overnight. What I've had quite recently as well uh, is I've been working with other associated dog businesses uh, one in, based in the UK that creates, um, uh, the easiest way of saying it is a poo bag. There's no other way. Uh, it's a company called Perfect Bags. Uh, and they've created a bag, which uh, is, is, as we all need as dog owners to be able to take out with us. Um, but it's a phenomenal product. And I'm doing something with them in a collaborative way. And there's another innovation around a dog collar to help repel dogs that are actually aggressive a company called Dogfender, and, and again, I'm working with them. And these are things that have just come together. LinkedIn can take you in some, some very interesting journeys that you just have to be quite open-minded, but there is money at the end. It's not my initial goal necessarily, but there's money at the end of every single one of these. Mm-hmm. Okay. And am I right in thinking that when these companies approach you via LinkedIn, they're on that platform for business. And so they're expecting it's going to cost something or that, you know, at the end you need to make money somehow, whether it's, you know, through some kind of marketing collaboration with them or or if it's a direct quote to them versus Instagram where we see lots of, you know, influencers, et cetera, et cetera, that are looking for freebies a lot of the time. Absolutely, there is an expectation of 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 spending and and of uh, you know having to pay for something, but but you're right in what I just covered are the business to business, and I think that's been LinkedIn's core history. But where I've had huge success uh, again in the run up to Christmas, um, I used to be like this when I was back in corporate life, where I would be buying Christmas presents very last minute, maybe even Christmas Eve. And I can tell you on Christmas Eve uh, this year, which is, as everyone will remember, uh, that, uh, that that was running over that weekend, I had three, and I have to say gentlemen, I'm not trying to be sexist, but three gentlemen reached out to me and said, Chris, that offer you put out last week around the uh, gift vouchers, uh, is it still available? Can I get a digital download gift voucher ready for tomorrow? Uh, and I sold three of those on Christmas Eve. Jesus. <laughs> Get organized, guys. <laughs> I know, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but uh, they, they, and to be fair, uh, it could be anyone who's busy in their day-to-day life, in their day-to-day world, and their corporate job. You know, they're not all uh, dog or pet photographers out there, of course. And they've seen my post somewhere in the week. It's it's crossed their feed. There were other things that were higher priorities, and now now suddenly it's urgent. Uh, but that's the power of LinkedIn. You can be very targeted in your messaging and a bit like some of the other platforms, you can directly message people where they're connections. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to get into actually like an overview of LinkedIn because at the moment, okay, all this, this is sounding great, but I'm still sitting here like, okay, but how does it work? What are connections? You know, how do I connect with somebody? Is it like a follow on Instagram? How does it work? Is it creepy if I send somebody a message? I mean, I've got all of these questions and I'm sure the listener, listener does too, if they're not on LinkedIn yet, or they're just like me starting to fumble the way through. But let's save that for the second half of this interview where we can get into the nitty gritty of that. And also, you know, a bit more of your process and where you learned about it as well. So before we wrap up part one of this interview, can you just let the listener know the best place to find you and connect with you, which I'm guessing is LinkedIn, but maybe there's some other options as well, Chris. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's lots of places you can uh, follow us on. So we're on um, uh, LinkedIn, of course. Uh, It's at Miller's Image uh, on LinkedIn. And that's also the same uh, handle for Twitter and for Facebook. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, YouTube or Pinterest, we're at Mill Pet Photography. Uh, And uh, our website address is uh, millersimage.com. Okay, perfect. I will put the links to all of those in the show notes. So if you miss any of those, don't worry, just head on over to the show notes. There'll also be a link in there to the information about the courses that... um, or the course that uh, Chris learned a lot of this from, and I'll uh, tell you more about that later as well. But for now, we're going to wrap up um, yeah, part one of this uh, episode. Don't forget, if you're not a member yet, you can join today. It's just uh, $10 a month, and uh, that will allow you to listen to the second half of this interview and all the others from the previous 13 seasons. Um, you can listen in your favorite podcast player, um, or on the member zone as well. So you can just head over to thepetphotographersclub.com to find out more and join us as a member. But now let's get into part two. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.